Suck my dick! Well, yeah, we get started. So, that's the biggest group we ever had. This is put it on record. Finally, for all y'all that been asking me in public, what up with the web, uh, what up with the podcast? Because we busy. It's been like a month, but we back. Put it on record is the podcast about DJing, hosted by DJs, um, and about DJ conversations. Uh, I am DJ Burn, and I have my co-host here, Don Fret and Recio. And we have uh, some special guests in the building. I can't say fresh off of a great orange soda set because it was like weeks ago. We can <laughs> but pretend. fresh off of, you know, um, tearing down Scully's and all the other amazing things that they do. Um, we have Calamari and Sonic Blush. What's good? Hey. All right. Um, first of all, how's everybody feeling today? Ooh, it's a Monday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The weather was crazy. I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) It's a busy weekend. That too. Um, It was Monday and a a lot uh, today, and it was raining all weekend. But we're here, um, here to have a good conversation, and we're going to start this off by I'm I'm asked a question I ask everybody we have on this podcast is I want uh, the two of you individually to tell me about a time your most embarrassing time as a dj at a gig Ooh. i know that's right they said we don't have none it was like the first couple of ones i guess i don't know but those were even like so what what went wrong I guess I had a I had a gig uh, where I it was actually in Cleveland um, where I felt like the knowledge that I had amongst everybody who I was playing with and like who who was hosting the ven like who ran the venue I like didn't have anything to add <laughs> I was like very. I kind of stepped away from it and I was like, I have so, I have so much to learn uh, in a sense of like, I don't know. It almost felt like I had to like um, prove that I had like what it took because it was also a space that a lot of like really like big name people had come through. Um, And I was like, man, like I know there's so many situations where I feel like I'm like, like, the center stage and I'm all that. And, you know, Sonic Bush and I talk about this on a regular basis to like, nobody's really on a pedestal um, because we all have like space, spaces where we go into where it's like, I probably could learn a lot like <laughs> after this, you know? Um, I'll have to say for myself, cause I really got like influence, like starting to like DJ from like my dad. And I remember, my very, very first gig, he had double booked himself and asked me, he was like, okay, so can you play like the first two hours of like this gig and I'll give you half of whatever I make? I'm like, yeah. So it was a, like a, a sorority, like social or something like that. And I'm thinking of, I'm up there. Okay. Killing it. I'm like, Ooh, I'm about to use all these effects, all this stuff. 
all extra. And I remember the first thing I was able to do, I was like, if I can't do nothing else, I can turn the filter on and off. <laughs> if I can't do nothing else, I can do that. And I recorded it and I went back to listen. Trash. Trash. Oh, so disappointed in myself. And I was like, but hey, confidence can get you a long way. But yeah, that very the first couple until like I really, like, really, really started learning how to like transition. If I couldn't do nothing else, it was turning that filter on and off. Yes. I think the, uh, yeah. I think the common thing here is that, you know, wanting to be better and being humble enough to know that, you know, you got a long way to go to be where you want to be. So, that, so that's good. So let's start with the beginning. Um, where are you guys from? I, I don't know nothing about y'all, to be honest. So I'm, I'm going to have all the questions. Um, so I'm from Toledo, Ohio, the glass. <laughs> um, I guess I'm from Dayton, but I'm not, I'm not, I was a military kid. Um, so I actually like grew up overseas and then we didn't really come to the States until I was like, maybe like 11 ish, 12. Um, and then we moved to the Midwest in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> so air force. Yeah, Air Force. Yeah, I figured that. Um, uh, Sonic, what high school did you go to? Uh, I went to Jessup W. Scott. I'm a bulldog. Once a bulldog, always a bulldog, okay? When, uh, when I was in high school, year, many moons ago, I, I dated a girl with that high school. That's funny. Um, also, I've been, I couldn't wait to ask you this. Um, where'd you go to undergrad? So, I did my undergrad at the University of Toledo. Um, so, I graduated... 2019 and then i moved here um started working in radio and yeah i've been living here ever since so probably about like two and a half three years now i've been here okay um the reason i asked that is because uh, my first icebreaker was uh with the zetas in bowling green and then my second one was the ones in toledo but that, like I said, that was many moons ago but shout out to them they're very pivotal in my career so For, i was gonna say if you say some names i probably know who you oh you know uh monisa right she lives here Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to see her. I actually seen her, like, a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah, and um, the ones in Bowling Green, uh, uh, one of uh, one of them is um, married to a guy we had on the podcast, Nomadic. So, yeah, they they, they were all uh, very pivotal in my uh, upbringing. Um, Calamari, you said you uh, so, so you was a military brat, and then you uh, ended up in Dayton. How did you end up in Columbus? Um, I just needed a change. Like... Like it got to a point uh, where, and and like I said, like I'm not from Dayton, so it's not like I feel like Dayton is a a mindset as well. Um, and it just got to a point where I was like, my dreams are way too big for this place, and I gotta go. So Columbus is even like a stepping stone to like, it could be home base or it could be, you know, just a place of pause, I guess. Layover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a layover. How long have you been in Columbus? Mm, since like 2015. But yeah. I like it would I don't really feel like I got started in like a social life here until like 18. Not right before uh the pandemic, child. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> right really back in the house. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I feel like the pandemic really um changed a lot. And we could probably do a whole podcast on that. So uh, that's a topic for another day. Um, you, you touched on it a little bit, uh, Sonic, uh, but how'd you, how'd you and you, Calamari, you, go, you get into DJing? Like, when did this happen? At what point in your life 
and what was the biggest influence? Um, so I'll start. Um, so again, the biggest influence has been my dad. Um, him, like watching him uh, DJ, I mean, pretty much since I was like young, DJ, produce, being snuck in a club, sitting in a booth <laughs> when I wasn't supposed to be. Um, he... At first, I, I was like, oh, like, I'm going to do it. Like, you know, but I was playing with it for real. I wasn't taking it serious. And when I moved here, uh, a lot of the reason why I also moved here, like, other than just, like, working in radio was because they were here. And so, like, I had a lot of time um, to spend with him because we didn't live in the same city for, like, a really, really long time. And so within that time, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna practice, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it or whatever. And um, I remember I was like, ooh, okay, I think I got a name and what I want to do. And I was like, I'm gonna just be inconspicuous. Like, ain't nobody gonna know who I am. Like, I'm gonna be on like some her stuff, you know? And I had just went live one day. And um, I was like, okay, I think I got this. And um, so really, like, I've always like, kind of like mess with it but I feel like my true true DJ journey didn't start until like 2019 like when I first moved here was your first DJ name the DJ name you have now yeah it was so I had made um I had made a TikTok and I was put and I had my Sonic Blush page made like forever ago and I had like all of these videos but you could just see nothing but my hands and I was DJing on um some pioneers because that's why I learned how to like DJ on and then he was trying to transition me to vinyl I'm like you're doing too much okay you move too fast (laughs) I gotta try try to get this together first um and then I was just like I don't know like why why do I feel like I gotta be inconspicuous like why am I not comfortable like in this if this is like really what I am and like music is really what I love, like, I'm gonna just do it. And so I would say really like within the eight to nine month span is like, I really just put myself out there and I've been doing a lot of different stuff. So, yeah. Uh, real quick, only cause you mentioned it. What, did, what equipment did you start on? Hmm? What equipment did you start on? I started on some Pioneer CDJs. Yeah. That's what I started on. Really? Oh, yeah. I started on CDJs before I went to, like, anything else. All right. Y'all, so, y'all got money. Right. That's what I I'm saying. <laughs> I had resources, okay? Yeah, I, had I had everything in the basement. I was like, I'm about to just go down here and see what I could do. Yes. Um, so, Calamari, um, how did you get into it? Um, because that equipment you started on. And what was your original DJ name, if not what you currently have? Um. So it's funny, I actually, I, I started in music um, through B-Boys uh, and like breaking culture. Um, a lot of my friends down in Dayton were actually like a lot of B-Boys and we would travel. First time I ever came to Columbus was for a battle. Um, and it's how I got introduced to house music. Um, I, uh, and I, I took a break from it for a really long time. And then I actually started working at a music venue um, at Brothers Drake. And it was like, and around that time was the same time that like, it was like 2008 when I started. Um, and that place like became such a source of like social networking for me. Um, 
which I mean, like, like recently when I played with Jay Rawls, he was like, how do you know everybody? And I'm like, it's literally just because I was the bartender for a lot of events. Um, and I ended up making connections that way. And then when it finally came time where I was like, I think out of all the things for me to do in the music industry, like this would make sense besides me doing like my graphic design stuff. And it just worked. Like I had a friend of mine who literally was willing to teach me and he had CDJs and I ended up um, getting involved with like the crates group in Columbus. They like threw a lot of parties um, and it just rolled from there, I guess. It like, it got so much bigger than I thought it was going to be. Cause I was like, I just want to like, you know, party with my friends, like, you know, DJ here and there. And now it's like, we're like curating events and like doing all this other stuff that I didn't think was going to happen. You know, nice surprises. <laughs> it's dope. So this podcast is about big nerd DJ talk. So I need to know what kind of mixtures y'all use too. So, uh, man, I think I, I started on like expensive equipment, um, whatever. I know it was mostly like, um, if you know, Jay Allen and Wes U, oh, yeah. um, it's their equipment that we like, I know. And listen, like we, uh, honestly, like when we were all, when like things weren't quite open back up but we like all wanted to see each other we would have like backyard parties mm -hmm. um and that's how i like got acquainted to playing but he he got like the um i think it's the 2000s yep i don't know <laughs> Man, i remember we were having a whole conversation about it because he was like should i drop five grand each on a cdj and we're like if you got it <laughs> will you be upset with yourself if you don't because <laughs> it seems like you want to and he did, so. Nah, that uh, that equipment, it's like, it's like two grand a piece for three different components. And if you're not a club venue, like, what, what do you need it for? So, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm and it's, it's a, it's what all the house DJs want to use, because it's just easy for the, like the um USBs. So, yeah. I don't, I don't like USB. Like, I need my laptop. <laughs> And when I got here and I seen like a lot of people using um like record box or like even Pioneer like at the station, like they'll have flash drives plugged in and they'll have like 15, 20 minutes of like blanks like just loaded on there, but you could still use your laptop. I was like, damn, like where's the computer at? <laughs> <laughs> I remember I uh I was playing some event out in like um in Powell. And I had, I could only play on my flash drive. And this one like older guy kept coming up and he was like trying to request this song. And I was like, look, man, you see this flash drive? This is what I got. That's all I got. I can't look up anything. I can't pull any music. What I have is what I have. And it was a concept that just couldn't, uh, he was like, well, why can't you just pull up some Michael Jackson? And I was like, cause I don't have it, bro. <laughs> you know? you add Michael Jackson though? <laughs> <laughs> It was like that, uh, that Powell like tiki bar type vibe. Yes. Nah. The um, can I come plug my phone up then since you ain't got it? It's never a solution. So if, if y'all listening, don't come try to plug your phone up. I'm gonna take it and throw it. Please. <laughs> um. So uh, twenty. So twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen seems like you guys got really got started. 
doing what you're doing. How do you? Um, I don't want people to think y'all are tandem. So you guys are individuals of your own journeys. But how do you guys link up? <laughs> um, they ask. So I literally met all the people I know almost in all of the same night. So I had started doing um, for the lover in you. I was like, um really in the R&B and like soul house edits like that's like you know what my thing was and I was doing started doing that like once a month and I think it was like the second time I did it and I don't know how she started following me but she came in the two truths and she walked up to me and the first thing she was like you smell so good and I was like, I was like, thank you. And I just gave her a hug because I recognized her because you had just finished doing a set, I think for fruit market. I think Reva, you mm-hmm. play, to, uh, you play at that fruit market too. I seen the flyers for it. And um, Post yeah, to, she was there. Oh, oh, you did it. Oh, I mean, I played for like the people that were packing up to leave. Oh, yeah, that was like, uh, it was a pretty. It was a good event, though. It was a good day. No, it was fire. I feel like I would have just come to that event just to, like, be there. But I think sets ran over. And by the time I was the one closing out, there was only, like, four minutes left for me to do anything. So I actually played a Michael Jackson song while everybody passed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Not not to interrupt real quick. Um, Here's a tip. I usually do free game on every uh, podcast. This is the free game. I think we can all benefit from this. Um, don't let nobody go over your time because I mean it's cool. Like if y'all if you got rapport with them, but if you don't know them, don't let them go over your time because then you got to bump the next person, and then it just starts a chain reaction. I, I the way I feel is that you know back when I, I was barely getting DJ gigs, I'm like if I only got an hour, I'm I want my hour. I need every six minute of the sixty minutes. So any DJs out there listening. Uh, when you let people go over time, I, I know we're trying to be cordial and nice to each other, but it's like I'm supposed to be on at eleven, so I'm I'm sorry if you didn't get on here late, but later, but I can't cut my shit short because you, you know. Yeah. So that's, that's my opinion. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so I had I had seen like a flyer, um, with like y'all on it or whatever, and she had came up to me. And I had met you once and we had like a short conversation. And then I had seen her a second time. And this time you and Satelli or you and Chico was playing at Bodega. And they yeah. brought everybody over from Bodega to Two Truths when it was still open. And we it, we just been cool ever since then. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. that And that was November. I to like late. Oh, yeah. I think like I think like a week later we like went to Cleveland to sing Krogman together. <laughs> like, we did. We went to that concert yeah. and everything has been everything since. Y'all then. like people? <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, y'all like people? Yeah. Uh, I'm working on it. I listen. <laughs> it's a you got to take breaks, but me, I'm just I'm I just like talking to people and meeting people, so it was cool. Like. I met her, Satelle, Chico, Dom. I think a lot of people that I'd just seen around, but I'd never actually been introduced to all in the same night. Dope. Yeah. I asked that specifically because there was a time long before any of y'all was DJing probably when I was out here struggling. And it was hard to 
um, foster relationships with people because people were so insecure about their positioning and what they did as DJs. So Man, it was like, so it was, so it was like, um, like, like I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm like, I'm just looking for some guidance or I'm just trying to, you know, connect over something we both have a passion for. And it was, you know, a lot of people turn their nose up at me. So it's good to see that people um, can come together and, you know, find some common ground and, you know, just uh, help each other build and, you know, create with each other. I feel like as creatives, like, that's the best thing to do is get somebody else's creative perspective. And you both seem like very creative people. So that's dope. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought one of y'all had a question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going and I'm just, I'm trying to leave it open for y'all. Nah. Um, I will say- ever told us how she got her name. Oh yeah. Oh, um, I actually, okay. So it was actually originally supposed to be like on the lines of, um, squid but there was a dj who was already in um the columbus scene who went by that and so i was like you know what i'm too fancy for that anyways so um i'll be calamari and then just worked out that way (laughs) we like it thank you it's like every time i tell people they're like what's your instagram name i'm like it's deep fried calamari they're like i love that i'm like (laughs) that's dope and uh, it just goes back to something I told uh, Don't Fret and Recio is like, if you're a good DJ, people will call you whatever you call yourself. Yeah. It could be dog shit. You're like, oh, man, dog shit killed it last night. So <laughs> whatever, you know, it's, it's not the name. It's about the brand behind it. So and I feel like you guys, um, every everybody that came to Orange Soda had never heard you two uh, play before. Um, all had positive things to say. Um, mainly that we need to run it back because – Calamari, I think he went too early, so he might have to run it back in a later <laughs> slot. But um, that, you know, um, you guys are dope. And uh, I guess my next question would be, when you first started, like how much time did you put into practicing and what did practices look like? Um, oh, go ahead. I, I feel like I feel like as time has gone on and more gigs have picked up, I have less time. And I think I sometimes put too much confidence in myself prior to gigs, um, thinking that, oh, I know my music. Um, and then I get out there and the vibe has like changed a little bit. And I'm like, oh, well, all right. Well, we just have to, you know, switch it up real quick. Um, but I think in the beginning, it was just whenever I could, you know, every other day. But there was more time because it was around that time that like shutdown was happening. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how long before like your first gig, like did you start taking it seriously and had that first gig booked? Yeah, honestly, um, I think my first official like professional gig was like last August. Um, that was like my own solo like I was doing it and they were booking me not other like me as part of a group Mm -hmm. um and it was like I would prep because I mean most of my sets like I want to I I am very specific about what I put in my selections um I'll play to the crowd as I can but I'm so like selective about what I choose to play um, because every time I play, I want to create a vibe and I want you to remember that I made that vibe. I want you to associate it with my name. Um, 
So I try to practice, but uh, it's one of those like on a daily basis, trying to find like new music and music that will fit for the set. Um, was it uh, if you guys know JT808, um, he uh, he plays at like go go and around the city sometimes. Um, but we were talking about it and his partner was like that man listens to music for hours a day. And I'm like, yeah, hours a day is what usually like at least to just find music that will fit what you need it to, you know? Yeah. Um, I would say for myself, because technically I started like consistently practicing in quarantine. I was practicing like anytime I could. And when my dad in the house, he was not letting me let up. Like if I was chilling, he was like, okay, did you go downstairs today? And I'd be like, damn, like... I ain't trying to go down there like right now. Like, and so I just, I was doing it every day. And then like, I started grad school in um, like the height of COVID. Uh, So that was August, 2020. So I had a little time um, to like transition like my schedule. But not only was I working two jobs, I was in school and then also like trying to practice on the side. So again, like got more difficult um, as my schedule started to get like crazy. But my first official gig was like, or you say official, official. I had did something um, in collaboration with Adidas, which I was like, damn, I'm working with Adidas my first gig, but honestly, like, it was just because of people I knew and, like, you know, just being able to observe, like, you know, who works for who and then, like, you know, working at the radio station, having those additional, like, connections or whatever. But I did it with um, Jay Esquire, who's on the station at Power 107.5. We did it together and we was just going back to back and it was, like, a family, like, fun day at, um, what's the name of that church? New Birth, um, mm-hmm. a refugee. And so after that, I had like got a response where I was just like you know like I'm just here for myself I'm just here because I love music like I ain't really looking for nobody to notice me or like do anything you know I got to that point where I was just like okay I don't care like I'm just here to have a good time and if people have a good time too that's great um and so after that I really started like trying to practice like three times like out of the week but again I also had those moments where I was like damn okay I'm gonna just pull up because I know I, I'm cool. Like I didn't, I got a couple, couple gigs under like my belt. I'm, I'm confident, and then got out there, and I'm like, people respond to you and say like, "Oh, you did so well," but like inside, you know that like it wasn't necessarily your best. You could have pulled up and did better. You could have, um, you know, spent some more time practicing on your transitions. Like for me, I think the biggest challenge is um, I like to feel how like I feel like I organize my crates by like vibe so like okay if it's something like chill I'm like okay I could think of some tracks I like I might want to start with but I don't really have a set list for myself and so sometimes I find that with doing that I have to make sure that my sets are sounding the same so like with also doing that within practicing I'm like okay how often am I like updating my crates like am I staying on top of music like because it takes time um but yeah like that was like my starting like practice um schedule but now I would say with school being done and graduated and like having one job now it's a goal for myself to DJ at least three times a week 
Come on, goals. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, I found it hard uh, when I first started DJing, and I had turntables. Uh, it's hard to have a gig and then you know set, pack them up, take them, bring them back, set them back up, practice. So now that I actually have the uh, um, a luxury of having more than one setup, I try to keep this setup behind me and uh, practice every day, mainly on scratching because that's the one thing I can't do after all these years. Um, so I don't know. That's so many questions in my head. So many things. Well, I'm, I'm interested. Go ahead, babe. Side note, too, for people who are watching this, I have a conversation with a lot of folks who are not in the industry who don't know this. Um, our sets, the preparation time prior to it, there is so much. <laughs> there's so much. There's practice. There's so much like that goes into just like the little bit that you do see us. Um, but I feel like a lot of people just think they're like, oh, that looks so simple. Like you make it look so easy. And I'm like, yeah, because I put a lot of work into it. Yeah. <laughs> I put a lot of time into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was what I was gonna ask you. It's kind of like um what your guys's preparation was for orange soda and then just like when you did actually perform your set did it go off the way you wanted did you love it on a scale from one to ten how did you feel about your set how did you just feel about the party overall um so for myself when I well first when I got the the DM from Byron I seen his name I was like oh I didn't even read the rest of the message I was like I know what he is and I was I was, oh, <laughs> I, was I was like and then actually we texted each other because she was like hey she was like did you get a text from bird and i was like yeah and i was like what you always say do you want to play orange soda and i was like why well, said the same thing girl <laughs> so it's so funny because like me i think to having like again the influence of like my dad and like especially like including my mom as well i just had so much exposure to like a lot of music like real like early so i mean 90s and 2000s i was like this is where i reside this is where i listen to daily so i'm in my head i think like i have um like some 2000s and like 90s craze like i'll do it in like one two and three photos like if i do like r&b and like hip-hop but i'm like dang like what i want to do like i want to play some west coast stuff like i just had so much in my head i was like i'm not gonna be able to play everything i want to play so let me just just flow like don't overthink it and which i was telling reva even before and i think even you too i was like girl i don't know i'm a little anxious i don't know I don't know how I'm feeling. I'm just like nervous. And, you know, she just reassured me. She was like, girl, you got to just go out there and do what you know how to do. So, but yeah, my preparation process was like, just thinking about so many things. I was just like, okay, yo, you just got to chill out and just do it. Like, and I think I really enjoy my set. Like overall, I had so much fun. I do notice that like, and I think I made a post about it too. The way my face be looking like when I be playing be crazy. But it also be because I'd be so focused. So I think I was trying to like actually during my set was trying to make sure like how do I engage like um, with the crowd um, and still like focus on like what I'm doing. Um, Cause even though like I have certain experience like doing voiceover work, I'm not always as confident like connecting because I'm like, I don't really know. I don't be trying to talk on mic. I don't try to be doing nothing. Like I just, you know, just want to play. 
Um, so yeah, that was like my preparation process and like how I was feeling. Um, man, mine was not that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, just for some people who have seen some of my sets, like, like straight up hip hop and R&B and especially like that era, um, I don't play that often. I don't play it as much as I feel now that I have played that I'm like, I should play it more. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be honest, it was, um, a really good learning experience for me as far as like the capacity of music that I know that I forgot about. Um, because I mean, we, our memory is, it holds so much, but we have like tucked away stuff that's just back there that man, there was like some stuff that I was pulling up that I was like, what? I was like unlocking memories and stuff. And I was like, wow, this was a banger. Okay. <laughs> and um, I, my, wow. Yes. Um, Burn, if you want me back, I'll, I'll come back. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I still was proud of myself as for what the set was because I was like this was totally like out of my element for me to play something like this but I still was like okay I get it and um I actually had a friend of mine who was there that he was like I've been to enough of your sets he's like I felt like you held back a little bit I was like man because there was just some that I was like I know I'll have another opportunity to play this and I don't want it to be the same set um so I'm just going to hold on to some of these for a little bit later, you know. I do want to say that you guys are on the bill because of uh, Don't Fret. Uh, because she vouched for y'all. And then, and then me and my wife came out and saw y'all at uh, Bodega. And I already knew y'all. I mean, I, I figured y'all was dope if, if she vouched for y'all. But when I heard it in person. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so um, I'm trying to find the right way to ask this question. Because I'm not supposed to ask this question. I'm going to ask it this way. What years were you guys in high school? <laughs> um, so I graduated from high school in 2015. So. I'm out. I'm logging off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, to, so I started high school in like 2011, 2012. Okay. Um, 2010. Okay. No, the reason I ask is um, when you say unlocking memories, well, two things. One, I feel like um, the music we're exposed to when we're like in middle school um, is probably like the low range of our uh, libraries. And so I was on the bus listening to Al Green and like um, Funkadelic because my dad had on them CDs. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a little bit older than y'all. But I was in high school from 98 to 2002. And so college years was like I started DJing in 07. That's why Orange Soda just makes sense because I'm just running back those years. Um, but it's always interesting because, you know, the music – that's you. Um, I'm sorry to be inappropriate, but people will say the music you start having sex to um, is the one that stick with you forever as far as the era. And I imagine that happens for most people. I'm not asking. But for most people, it happens in high school or college. So that is usually the era that sticks to you the most. So to be able to pull back even um, for uh, younger DJs to even go to. like I feel like the 2000s is their 90s. And that's mm -hmm. why uh, we started this party because it's like 90s parties is cool, but you know, when you when you're 40 or something like that, that's cool. Like, but you know, we grew up in the 2000s. Even if you were in fourth grade watching 106 in Park or whatever, it still stuck to you, even though you didn't know. You know, you, you weren't old enough for some of that material. But yeah, that's what I was asking. 
I don't want to directly ask a woman how old she is, but I got my answer. <laughs> Reva, when were you, you in high school? Say it again. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why I was about to close my laptop because it was, I graduated 10 years before Taylor did. I mean, sorry. Bro. I was at a I was at a work event and one of my coworkers was like, "If you don't mind me asking, how old are you?" I'm like, "I'm about to be 38." She was like, "You look about 22." I'm like, "You better stop. I'm married." <laughs> but thank you. I'm honored to be a dad. Um, nah, but uh, yeah, like I said, uh, usually high school, college is the music that sticks to you, and usually the music that people reference um the most. Um, you mentioned using the mic, Sonic Blush, and then if I'm been arm wrestling with these two and trying to use the mic and it, it hasn't happened yet so um do either of you use the I mic, mic. you're right okay you, you, use it sober i have used it sober don't do her next criteria i have used it i don't use it frequently okay. but i have used it sober and i was celebrating my graduation at karaoke don't do me right now okay period listen so, do you guys think there's a value in using the mic, and do you use the mic, and how often? So, the only time I've ever wanted to use one, there was an intimate friends that we played that, I don't even know what time of night it was, but I was, like, damn near on the chair. I had played, I don't know, We it was one of those nights that we had that was just really great energy, and I was like, I, was, I wish I had a mic right now, just so I could, like, you know. <laughs> But that's the only time. <laughs> but there is value in, in doing it, I think. Um, I would have to agree also. It is value in doing it because I've watched, like, you know, again, referencing, like, just different people and, like, um, like other DJs that, like, I've saw, like, saw, like, especially, like, being young. Like, DJ Mr. King, for example, like, started mm -hmm. DJing up under my dad. So, like, I knew him at a young age and didn't realize it until, like, I moved here and, like, we had a whole conversation about it. And I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I know you're I'm like, oh, God. Wait, who's your dad? Uh, his name is Sidney Haney, but he goes by a DJ named Sid Deluxe. He's from Chicago, but he lives in Toledo. Um, yeah, been around like, for a long time. Um, but yeah, so he, I seeing them like just move a party, I've always been like, dang, like I just wish I just had the voice like to do that or just, you know, and I, I would honestly say that's probably influenced like some of my like interest in like radio, but like I'm more so like like to be behind the scenes and do like just you know voice stuff. But um, yeah, it's definitely power in doing it. And like, have I used the mic um, a couple times? But I was forced to, and I was by my mm -hmm. dad. So, <laughs> but I do want to use it more. And that I was by burn. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, damn, like, okay. Like, you ain't gonna say nothing, you, you. And I'd be like, no. But then it's like, I actually just recently did like a brunch for somebody and she asked me if I had one. She was like, you know what I'm talking about? I was like, mm, I'm not well, really. So you, don't, you guys don't bring mic, even bring mics to the gigs? I do bring them. Like if they ask, like if they need to use them, but like if I won't say anything, like if I ain't gotta say mm -hmm. nothing, I ain't gonna say nothing. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, I would say, you know, like, moving forward for myself, especially um, with like the types of events I want to curate and like what I want to do, like feeling my confidence, like within my voice and like connecting to the crowd is definitely a part of talking um, and talking and engaging with them, actually looking at them, you know, and I look at crazy. So yeah, I definitely want to do that more. 
God, I think Marty, I actually, my first gig, man, this is so funny. They still bring this up too. Uh, my first live set that I ever did was a live stream. Um, and it was a, a fundraiser for um, Nationwide Children's and Black Mental Health Alliance. And they, we had like, I mean, it was like two days worth. I think there was like, like 12, 15, 12 to 15 DJs that played. And I started Sunday. Um, and first of all, they had to use like part of the crates for me to have a step stool because I couldn't reach the equipment. Um, we stand our short queens. <laughs> <laughs> and they handed me the mic and they were like, are you going to kick it off? And I was like, oh, what do I say? And they were like, well, just introduce the event. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And so I I still have the video, but it's like me, Jay Allen and Wes all standing like, like <laughs> up on the screen screen while Jay Allen is like introducing the event. And we're just so awkward in the background because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to talk on the mic. I felt so awkward. I was like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> but yeah. I'll be like, if you're driving a Honda CRV, <laughs> lock <Right>. in <laughs> back door. Make sure you close your tabs. Uh, move your <laughs> shit. Nah, um... I have a question. Because I feel like you guys do it, damn sure, more than me. But like, do you have a preference on um, live streaming versus being in person and like what are the pros or the cons of like doing it live stream like I don't I don't do it much so I'd like to get your input on that um I've actually never done um a live stream like at all um I was gonna say I mean if you take like the time I first started and I would like post these little like videos of me like blending or something like that or like I would I went live like for the very first time, like on Instagram, just to like play, just so like some of my friends could see. And yeah. like, yeah, but like I've never done a live stream before, so I can't even. Well, that includes IG Live. I'm in IG Live too. Oh, so. okay. We'll you see on IG Live, right? Um, I've done it like a couple times, and actually, it's it's like crazy. I guess you say so. One of my mixes that like I. I put out on my SoundCloud. I then I was like, you know, we outside. Like that was like okay. The um, uh, like bands and stuff were starting to lift, like for the pandemic and stuff like that. And I had like recorded one of them on there. I had like a few people in there, but also I was still like building my brand and stuff like that. So I mean, it's cool. But like, I think the biggest thing for me and why I don't post mixes and stuff or like stream live as often as I do is because for me, I'd be about trying to create an experience. And like, I feel like doing that via video or like live, like you can't, yeah, you could create memories, but like you remember stuff when, like when you were actually there. Um, and so I, I shy away from doing that um, just because I'd be like, damn, like, yeah, you could listen to me mix, but like, I actually want you to come and see me. And so, yeah, that's why I really don't live stream like that. Um, like I said, I started on live streams. Uh, it was during the pandemic. So that was like the way that we all either made our money or just got ourselves out there. 
Um, there's definitely pros and cons to it. Uh, I, it, if you're just live streaming by yourself and just like trying to like mix doing that, it's not, I mean, it's, you're like playing to a camera and you're like just chatting off to the side. If you have people there, it's a lot more fun. Um, but I think honestly, once things started to open back up, um, it wasn't really a market that a lot of people wanted to touch, but I personally still think that it's a market that should be touched. Um, I'm speaking, um, sorry, my cat, um, they, uh, I, especially since like right now, um, you have so many different social media platforms that are out and you have people who are getting famous off of TikTok right now, literally just DJing and producing, or even just being a musician. Um, it is a untapped network that some people have kind of done it. Um, if you if anybody like follows selection, um, you see that Andre Power has actually like done a couple of live streams where they've gone out to these like really beautiful locations. Um, and it's almost like a collection piece at this point that people can hang on to and rewatch. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a different sort of creativity that um, not a lot of people really pay tribute to, um, especially like, you know, their sound that's involved or uh, is video that's involved. You're having to literally like think about a whole curated back piece using nature um, or whatever you want to use. Some, I know some people use green screen, um, but I, I, I love playing live. I really agree with Sonic Blush where it's like, I would prefer you come see me live. I don't want to really post mixes that all that much, but I do think there is a market and a network for live streaming, especially if you're a Twitch streamer. Um, who is it? Uh, Tron? I'm pretty sure he's just doing live streams on Twitch pretty Tron's much now. Going crazy too. I know. And he like, I mean, he has an insane following on Twitch. That's nuts. And cause he's very consistent. I'll be on Twitch on playing Call of Duty, but uh, trying to be on Twitch every day, uh, either DJing or making a beat or something. And so consistency is how you really build a following. For, oh, yeah. Online, so. And people still do fundraisers and stuff on there, too. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, Calamari, um, you have mentioned maybe like four or five different creative outlets. So can you run down a list of uh, all the things you do creatively? You say graphic design. You said yeah. DJing. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you said production as well. But uh, I... Tell me about your creative outlets. Man, um, the mini hats, uh, which I feel like a lot of a lot of people here in Columbus wear a lot of hats like this. Um, where I DJ, I curate my own events. Um, a lot of times I'm the one who does a, a lot of our flyers. So like the Sunday special, um, the greenhouse flyers, intimate friends, like those are all my flyers that I make. Um, I do some photography on the side. So like some of the photos that are used in the flyers um, also are some of my photos. Um, I, I mean, I paint as like my, my zen out. Like that's what I like to do when I am not wanting to do music. Um, but yeah, that's like all my creative hats essentially. I. I've, I've 
appreciate and respect people who do video because that's definitely not one of them. I can't. I just don't know. Very tedious. Yes. Um, but I feel like me and you were like kindred spirits. You know, everything you named, I was like, oh, me too. Um, I just can't focus on one thing. It might be no. Well, and I want to I wanna know, like, it's one of those where I'm like, I can do that. I can do that, you know? And it's like, I can't, sometimes I can't, um, like, verbalize what I want from another artist because, I mean, your vision is your vision. So it's like, you know what, I'll just, I guess I'll be YouTube and videos until I figure out what I want to do because trying to sit there and explain it to somebody sometimes just it just doesn't quite connect all the time that's literally why i went to school and got my degree in graphic design because i want to pay anybody else to make the flyers and i want to make my way and yeah. every day the people that weren't so to have a conversation with me about let somebody else do the flyer i'm like nah because it's not going to come no. out right it's not going to be the way i want it to be and y'all not going to no. like it we got and we got to pay for that separately so i'm gonna do it until yeah. i can't do it no more yeah that's right i know i graduate next spring um that's why i'm like not taking as many gigs that's why instant mm. friends is not really happening is i was like i gotta graduate i can't i can't be just like taking a few classes here and there uh, where, where are you going and what are you majoring uh columbus state um i'm still i don't know if i want to like transfer to get like a like more of a degree <laughs> but i feel like this graphic design is like a I mean, if you get the foundations of it and you have like a decent network of like freelance stuff that you can do, you're good to go. Um, and there's definitely like entry level jobs that you can do for like visuals and graphics. Cause if you can do custom graphics. Don't I know? Cause I got my degree from Columbus state in, in 2017, digital design and graphics. So okay, yeah. we're, like, we're like brother and sister almost. Um, Sonic bless you mentioned uh, working at the radio. Um, uh, how'd you get into that? And, uh, what do you do there at the radio station? Um, so I started in radio when I was in college. So uh, probably like my freshman year, I remember being in my mass comm class and this lady named Tisha Lee walked in and she just had so much like, I don't even know, just charisma, just energy. And I was like, I just want to do that. Like, I want to be like her. Like, I just looked up to her in that way. And so in Toledo, there's one and only like black owned radio station and it's called Juice 107.3. And after I saw her, I walked up to her and I was like talking to her and she started teaching classes. And so I started taking like some of her coursework um, and whatnot. And then I started interning there. Internship turned into a job for me. Um, and so a lot of my foundation and like music and voiceover work, um, voice like editing and stuff like that came from there. And I just knew I was like, okay, this is like what I'm going to do. Like radio is what I'm going to do. And then it came time for, uh, like school to like pick up and we had a college radio station, um, as WXUT is what it was called. And I had a show on there called Full Effect Radio. And it had just been kind of cycling, like all the like music kids and stuff like that. It was like, okay, the next like graduating class, we just gonna keep cycling and making this go on. And so they had built like a lot of connections with Def Jam like early. And so we they, a lot of them had the opportunity and I also had the opportunity to like interview a lot of different artists. Like we got like a chance to have like exclusive music and stuff like that to play on the station and just really learn the importance of like college radio. Um, so 
yeah, like that's where my interest like in radio started. And then once I moved here, I was like, okay. Um, I actually, it was crazy. Like a week before graduation, because things were just like wild, like financially, and they are a small, like, you know, on business, they just couldn't afford to pay me no more. And so I had lost, like, that was my only job I had, like in college. So I was like trying to figure out like, dang, okay, graduation about to come up. I ain't got no plan. I don't know what I'm about to do. Am I about to move? Am I about to stay here? And so um, I was like driving back and forth, like down here to get to get like interviews. I think one of them was at like sunny 95 or 85. I was like, mm, this ain't really my scene. I was like, I gotta find where my people at. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I was, I remember calling uh, Yavis Ellis here. I remember calling, 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 like, I just I'm calling check on this you know calling check on this and finally I got an interview and I started off doing like promotional stuff there um it's kind of like what I was doing at this like station in Toledo but because it was a small business like the transition from small to corporate was like large um and so yeah so I started off doing like promotional stuff like a lot of street team stuff and then it was like okay we'll let you help organize like you know certain concerts and things like that so um, I was able like to be a very intricate part, like when Meg the Stallion was here, when the baby was here. So a lot of like different people um I got to meet and like see. So I guess um like when a pandemic happened, radio, everybody was like just not working. Um so I mean technically I started radio on like at 17. Um, so I've been working in it pretty much, I mean, now, like, seven or eight years, so I didn't think I'd be deciding, like, trying to figure out, dang, okay, well, this is the only plan I had, <laughs> like, what am I about to do now, um, so that's when I decided to go back to school, so I guess you could say, like, radio uh, definitely is, like, my first, like, love, and uh, one of my creative outlets as far as, like, voiceover work and stuff like that, um, I also like to write um, spoken word, I've done, like, a lot of different stuff, but I just kind of, keep it to myself or like I post um on a blog from time to time a lot of people don't know oh you ghost writing we gonna google it baby (laughs) a little bit um so I would say yeah that DJing would be another creative outlet for me um I think with what I majored in like you really had to know how to do everything so I know how to like edit videos I take pictures like I've done um like a lot of different stuff, I guess. Again, like you, I can't focus on nothing <laughs> where I want to do everything or, you know, want it to be my own thing. So, yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like if I just did one thing, I'd be amazing at it. Not that I'm not good <laughs> at anything, but it's like I'm, I'm trying to do so much. Uh, anyways, well, um, Sonic, but you can't say your dad. Who are some of your DJ influences? I mean, that's an obvious choice. I, I know you would say him oh, first, but oh yeah. yeah. Um DJ influences. Um Jazzy Jeff for sure. Um, just because I had like again, just the outlet to like see. Um, if I had to pick a female DJ, I would pick her name is Martini Rocks. She's also from Toledo. She was one of the only female DJs um, that knew how to spin vinyl, do like any and everything, like super dope. Um, so that would, I would say like, that would be like, those would be like my two like major influences. One that's like large and one that's personal to me. 
Got more. Um, man, I uh, without naming the whole list of the local DJs, um, I guess one of the biggest ones was Sasha Marie from uh, Selection. Um, man, her musicality is crazy. Also, being a queer artist is like. I, I love her. Um, I know, I mean, starting out, I mess with a lot of like the toy tonics. Um, if you guys know what that is, like overseas, um, like a label company that's um, in Europe. Um, they do a lot of like eclectic beats in a house. And then uh, I actually, I, I need to send Sonic Blush this. I, I, I forgot to, about it a while ago, but there's a chick who, um, I think she's out of Jamestown. Um, she goes by Uncle Waffles. <laughs> that, I've heard of that name. Crazy. Before. Like, too, yeah. yeah, she's crazy. Um, but man, I'm, I feel like actually, um, I, I really got into music by listening to Verge FM, like knowing a lot of the underground DJs that were here. Um, cause I mean, like, don't get me wrong I love the DJs that play the bar scenes on the regular basis but like I appreciate people who don't play music that everybody's going to like um that play music that they like that's representative of who they are and I feel like that was like a space that I went to consistently over like when I was learning how to DJ was through Verge FM I'm going to add one more because I forgot to say this and I felt crazy. I forgot to say it. DJ Eclipse um, from New York. Mm, yep. Yeah. Um, I think Calamari, who you're describing, is Jay Allen because I, I, I've been in the party with him. I'm, I'm, I'm watching him play music and nobody else is appreciating. I'm like, oh, he's going in. <laughs> and everybody else is looking around because it's something they're not familiar with that they can't dance to or sing along with. But I'm like, He's really in a bag right now. So, yeah. Hey, um, a lot of Cleveland people, too. Like, um, I just played with this dude, Hot Take, um, that's up in Cleveland. He spins vinyl. Um, and he was playing some stuff that I was like, I don't know many people who know this album, man. And we started trading music. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, um, if anybody who's listening to this knows who, like, Max Grafe is, uh, his whole discography is excellent. And he was playing that on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Just yes. I'm glad you mentioned vinyl. This is a important topic, especially here. It's 2022. Um, turntables. Uh, one turntable costs more than most controllers. And so I've seen both of you use controllers. Um how do you feel about using vinyl? Um, I mean, yeah, just in general, how do you feel about using vinyl? Um, so I'm still learning. Um, and I think, again, a lot of, like, my experience has been, like, okay, like, trying to go back and forth. Like, my dad was just trying to teach me, like, ooh, let me teach you how to flash. Or let me teach you how to do certain stuff. And I'm, like, I need to learn the basics. Like, you're trying to teach me all the tricks and all that stuff. Like, I ain't there just yet. Um but I definitely am in transition. So I actually just ordered the Rain One controller and I wanted to order like some 12s, but I stay in a studio. I don't have the space to like really keep everything set up the way that I want to. Um, but I always like when I can, because of the type of the controller I have, like I have the ability to like spin back. So I do practice scratching. Um, 
I mean, I've seen that. I grew up seeing that. Like, I feel like, I mean, me personally, like a good DJ knows, a great DJ knows how to DJ on anything, Wouldn't, no matter, you know, what's put in front of them. So um, that playing on vinyl is a go for me. Yeah, same. Um, especially like for me, like I think I would cry publicly if I played a house set on vinyl, like and just killed it. You know what I mean? Like it would just be such a beautiful achievement for me personally. Um, I, I, I know, especially with the way that technology is going, um, and especially the way that like music equipment like is ever evolving and constantly like updating. Um, I hope that our community does not forget about vinyl and that it is a beautiful art form. Um, it does not make anybody a better DJ if you're using flash drives or whatever the hell it is that you use. Um, crate digging is an art form. It takes a lot of time and effort um, and the endless knowledge that I think that people who play on vinyl have. I mean, like, the, like just the vinyls. I mean, I've gone like crate digging with a couple people and they're like, oh, don't you know, like how gold this is? And I'm like, I don't. And then they'll play. Now. it. For me. I'm like, You're right. <laughs> you know, um, so it's like, it's just to be able to have that like passion to go in and like continuously do that and, and those knowledge, like, and you have to, you have to spin by ear. You're not, you're not relying on your, you know, uh, on your screens or even your laptop to tell you what the BPM is or what, you know, uh, if your wavelengths are matching up, there's no sync button. <laughs> you got to know it. So I hope that, I just hope that I like, as we evolve, like we don't forget about like uh, vinyl. So y'all too don't laugh at this question. So if somebody came up to you and said, hey, you are a DJ, but you don't use vinyl. So you're not really as good as you think you are. Your response will be what? You're right. Mm, now I wouldn't say that because this has actually happened um, in a certain space. And my response was, well, I never judge anybody for where they're at in their DJ journey. Um, but I feel like if you're going to have a comment, please be able to back up, yo, what you saying. And this particular individual did not do such. Um, so I think knowing how to take constructive criticism, I know how to do that. Like I'm good. Like we're doing that. Um, but I mean, I feel like it's just constant motivation for you to like work harder. But also, too, I feel like people I know old heads are like that. Like my dad would be like, man, you, you know, you really ain't doing nothing if you ain't. And I'm like, OK. Um, but like, again, a great DJ, you could play on anything. Um, right. And no matter what you plan on, you could be playing vinyl and not be moving a crowd, not be doing shit. So, um, yeah, that would be like my response is like I'm always in progress, always. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, I mean, you're right, but there's so much time, like, who's to say I'm not going to later, mm -hmm. you know? And then it's, I mean, me personally, like, I'm so, you know, early in my DJ journey, even though, like, a lot of the things that I've seen, I mean, even with a lot of the stuff that I've, I've had the opportunity, like, gigs and certain stuff to, like, play at, I didn't necessarily think that I was like, okay, am I ready to play these? Like, you know, do people think I'm ready? Like, like people's perception of like 
you and like what you actually doing are like two different things. So I think it's important to, you know, um, yes, take heed from like people who come before you, like, but also to know that you moving at your own pace or you doing what you feel like you should be doing. Um, and if you love the art in whatever way, like you love it, who are they to tell you you wrong? Big facts. Um, can uh, I guess all of you can speak to this? Uh, what do you think? Um, is some of the uh, downsides of being a female in this type of uh, expressive art form? <laughs> Everybody had the same look on their face. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wants to go first. Oh, well, I'll go. Um. I think the biggest thing is like, because primarily it's a male dominated space. Like I haven't been taken serious. Like when I was first starting out, it was like, Oh, you know, like you cool, like it's cute. Like, but then also too, I feel like for certain women, and this is just like me, I know I really like love music. Um, but some people, they do it because it's just fun. Like, it ain't got to be, like, no super long, you know, idea, like, tied to it. People do it because they they cute. Like, now, models and stuff, like, the cool thing for them to do is, like, also DJ. You know what I'm saying? So, I do feel like in certain spaces, as far as that, for those who really do take it serious and make it hard for, like, though, like, it's not a difference between the women, but, like, it makes it hard harder for us because, we can't be taken seriously in certain spaces or like if I'm, I'm playing, I can't just be somebody that's playing music. Like you got to try to talk to me or you got to try to get my number or um, you touching all over, over my DJ equipment. Like I literally had this happen to me at a set before this guy was like, Oh, like, let me hop on and just like started touching on all of my shit. Like, and I was like, the respect factor isn't like for people who aren't DJs or like, isn't there so I think it's really important um like for the guys who are like in this space and you know they really take the crime serious like make sure you protecting us in these spaces because a lot of people don't even want to have conversations with you if like another guy DJ is a present so I would say like that's been some of my experiences like with being a female DJ so far let me let me just be clear if uh if I'm standing next to any of y'all and a dude come up and do that, there's gonna be some furniture moving. And 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 <laughs> like, I don't even gotta know you to do because like, if I'm standing by any female DJ, I don't even gotta know her. And that's happening. I'm like, bro, you got it. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, have some respect. Damn, like, who raised you? I'm sorry, go ahead. Though. I don't know if sometimes people realize like half the stuff that we put up with during a set. Um, a lot of the bars listen if you are a business owner watching this and you are booking people who are not a straight man please be open to these conversations because creating that space for us i can't tell you how many times that we've had to have conversations with bar owners and bar management to be like why did you not kick him out or why were you not addressing this literally bodega um I had Sonic Blush send me this man's profile so I remember his face. Uh, I was literally DJing and he came up behind me and he was like, I just love you and kissed me on the neck. 
I have never met this man before in my life. And I'm like, why did you, why did you think it was okay? Why? Because you can't access me because I'm openly DJing here on the floor. That doesn't mean you can touch me. Mm-hmm. Uh, even booking people. I've had booking people openly hit on me like while I'm DJing and I'm like, like playing a set that they booked me for. And I'm like, get the hell off the stage. Like, I don't want to talk to you right now. You know, it's the, it is, it's the, there. I think there's a lack of respect sometimes. Um, especially like, you know, we get up there and we're killing it. Most of the time we look really cute. Um, we're nice for the most part. And so it's this idea of there's access to us. And it's like, no, there's not. I am still a professional that is being paid to be in this space. And I'm providing you good entertainment and you need to respect me as a professional. And back the fuck up. Yes, don't touch me. <laughs> Burn or tell y'all, like, I I don't really like people around me. Like, if you'll notice, probably going forward, if you come to Orange Soda, you'll see there's a lot less people on stage when I'm DJing than when, like, Burn or guests are on. Because I will look at Burn or Marlon like, they gotta go. Like, it's too much. Like, I can't. I don't even want to stand there sometimes. I'm like, uh. You, like, there's no reason. All that space on the stage. Why are you behind me? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be, I need elbow room. If I can't do the wingspan joint, either I'm checking you or one of the guys is jazzy jeffing you off the stage. I can't do it. So I I, I feel y'all on that. I just. Yeah, I'll grab somebody in the heartbeat. Like, hey, get him out of here. I'm a. Or her. I'm an elbow thrower, but watch out. (laughs) There was a girl um, who ran up on me while I was DJing at Orange Soda. I thought you knew her. No, literally the way, yeah, y'all would have thought she knew. She ran up to me. She was saying something. I couldn't hear her because I was literally playing. And then, like, she grabbed my hand and she kissed it. And I was just like, yo. She was just, I saw her again at a different event. And she, I think she was just excited to see a black woman who could move the crowd that and she was you know she just got like a burst of energy and kind of did the most but I was like hey I'll talk to you when I'm done but I'm like working right now I need my hand back bro like <laughs> that happened to me at um rain this this lady was like trying to engage me in a whole conversation she was like so where do you be playing at and blah blah blah, blah. and I'm like well I'm playing right now I'm working <laughs> take my card we could talk another time but yeah yeah, it really don't even matter the gender like it's something about when people see a female dj that all the rules go out the window yep and that disgusts me and um i wish i could uh solve the problem but it's really an epidemic men don't respect women in general as much as they should um but i do want to say to move off that topic um we Quick shout out to Crate Digger because he's a uh, in South America on a hip hop tour, and he's representing DJs uh, to international people. So shout out to him. Also shout out to Queen Caesar. I think she's out of Cleveland. There was this online scratch competition uh, with um, Rob Swift. If y'all know who that is, um, and she entered into it and um, she got scored. She she didn't really move on, but just the fact that she took the time to be in like a national competition with a. 30 plus year legendary DJ and went up there and scratched for everybody to see. Um, was that who Nomadic was talking about? Yeah. Um, okay. 
I'll, I'll send y'all the link if y'all want to watch it. She did like a one, one, minute, one minute routine. I thought it was dope. One of the judges was a little harsher on it than I would have been. But shout out to her and every other female DJ out there working. They got to put up with bullshit because um, hopefully at any event that I have you at, it's minimized. I can't eliminate it, unfortunately, but it's minimized because men are crazy. Um, My last question um, for now is, um, uh, Kalamar, you mentioned this might just be a layover for you. So the question for both of y'all is, um, if you look up one day, and you're on stage somewhere or you're doing something, you're like, man, this is what I always dreamed about, and I'm here right now. What does that look like? Now, a year ago, I wanted to be here. And I'll probably a year back from now. I mean, like, you know that, you know that, like, um, that, you know, the real TikTok trends where it's like, like 13 year old me would be like, oh my God, like about who I am now. And that's so accurate. Like, um, I think 10 years ago, I would probably like lose my mind that I'm like a well-known DJ in the city. <laughs> um, like I said, I didn't even plan to be here really. Um, so yeah, it's like- You don't think you're that already? No, I think I am, but it's like, I didn't, uh, like I, I, I didn't, when I, I think when I first started DJing, like when I first touched DJ equipment for the first time, I had no idea that I would be like here. Uh, and I'll probably say that five years from now. Um, but I mean, like even a year ago, I was like, man, like I hope like I get consistent gigs and I hope I like meet somebody who, you know, uh, has like a similar taste in music with, cause I hadn't met. I hadn't met Sonic Blush yet. Um, I didn't know half the people that I knew now. And I'm like thinking about it a year from now because sometimes I get frustrated with myself and then I'll, I'll like take a reflective moment. And I'm like, no, like a year ago, this is exactly where you wanted to be. So that's dope. That's a very good perspective. And I try to have that. I think I uh, don't fret and uh, reach you. I'll tell you all that. Like, you know, 10 years ago, I'd be sitting at home just waiting on gigs like, like six years ago, five years ago, I sit at home waiting on gigs. It'd be like months in between. And I'm like, you know, and just to have one gig that might give me $200 a month, like, that'd be great. And mm-hmm. so now like, you know, I'm trying to you know, keep pushing forward and, you know, not have any ceilings, but it's, it's also important to sit back and say, yeah, you know, look, look at where you are now and just know that like other people want to be here and you probably never thought you'd get here either. So it was good to, you know, appreciate it for what it is and not take it for granted for sure. So appreciate the journey. Sonic. Um, for myself, I will have to also agree. I think um again, because I wasn't taking it like serious, so I, I didn't necessarily have like the confidence to think I could like be here. Um it's it's wild to see. Now I do still have like you know, dreams and, like, visions of, like, doing other stuff, but I feel like with with your dreams and stuff, it's always progress. I feel like you can't think of nothing as destination-based, and by that, I mean, like, okay, when I, I'm, I'm thinking up about, like, a year ago, and I'm like, okay, I thought about where I want to be, and now I'm here now, but, like, that vision may be different. I may have added something, like, I may have, like, been like, okay, um, 
maybe I thought I only wanted my dream to be this big, but maybe it's bigger now. Maybe it means more. Maybe I've had something else impact my journey or my experience. So, okay, I'm here. I can appreciate I'm here. What does it look like now for me a year from, from later or, or from now, I should say. Um, so yeah, I would say um, appreciating the journey is like the biggest thing, but also knowing that your destination is always going to change. And I feel like that becomes like your journey to like your dreams and like what you want to do, like you doing it in real time. Come through with a word, young queen. That was, <laughs> ooh, I needed to hear that myself. Um, I didn't really have, not that I had questions in the first place, but that's all I really have for now that you guys have any questions. Oh, we can do the uh, the segment, uh, put uh, you on. Put you on. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we, we do a segment every episode maybe um called put you on <laughs> where we pick a song you know to put people on to um whether it's it ain't gotta be a new song just a song you find people don't listen to enough and so whoever wants to go first they can go because i definitely don't have a song as usual i'll go first um the song that i really love right now is potion by calvin harris dua lipa and young thug free ysl um free thug free gunna um i am obsessed with that song like whenever i come like down to practice or if i'm just like checking like volumes on things i just play that song like on repeat until it's time for me to get busy um for myself i feel like i listen to things in cycles um I would have to say if anybody isn't familiar with nick um hakim for some reason his music has been like heavy on me like the past week. Um, but my favorite song I would say put somebody on to would probably be Needy Bees. Um, it's very ambient, very his whole vibe is just like real chill, smooth. Um, really like takes you like on a to a different place with like his music. I like stuff like that. So yeah, Needy Bees by Nicky Kim. Okay, girl. Write that down, Malcolm. <laughs> I'm still looking. Uh, for me, I can't remember if we've talked or even had a podcast since the Kendrick album came out. Um, but I really love Die Hard oh, and like Rich Spirit. Like, I can play those two on loop, like, well, over good. and over again. And, like, despite what the critics had to say, like, they go off at gigs, too. So, you know. A win all the way around. So good. So good. That album is crazy. I feel like you always know, like, the right thing to say at the right time. Like, every time. Like, every time. Have y'all seen Kendrick live? Yes, I've seen him twice. Ooh. Oh, what? which which concert? Um, I seen him on the Take Care tour. And I seen him on the Yeezus tour. Yeah. And now I'm going to, I'm going to see him in August. You went to the Yeezus tour? Um, I let, I got my whole life at the Yeezus tour. It was fantastic. You? Yes. But that was like the last, that was the last stop for me on the Kanye train. <laughs> I'm back on the Kanye train, but I was I, off for quite a long time. <laughs> I was not. Yeah. I did Potion. Calvin Harris, Dua Lipa. And- oh, you did. Everybody, let's go. Nah. Okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, 
I've been listening to the uh, if you guys know who Sonny Cologne is. Um, he just released right. an album like recently called Juju and the Flower Bug. Mm-hmm. Um, and he watched my story recently. Okay, so I was Period. like, <laughs> um, but yeah, that whole album like is um, I don't know. It's it's just it's just like really good feel good energy, you know. Alexis, you mentioned uh, Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Um, that's album of the year for me. I'm, I'm just, I'm, there's content. There's, there's some bops on there. Content mainly. Um, but my choice is going to be a very um, important one because you mentioned. Um, I forgot who mentioned this. We were talking about basically um, <laughs> where we are and then um, as far as in our careers. And I want everybody that's listening to this to appreciate uh, the creatives that we have here in the city before they're gone. And to like, I know we might, like you said, we might make this look easy, but it's not easy. There's a lot of talent, you know, a lot of talent and hard work goes into this. And so if you haven't heard, uh, her, let me in the can be edit. Um, Yo, we were just talking about him in Cleveland. So, uh, I feel like Columbus doesn't deserve him. That's why he don't yeah. be outside. Because that's um if I if I had to put all, all my money in somebody, it would be him. And I'm like, man, yeah, he should definitely be out of here by now. Um because that, that he made that in twenty seventeen. <laughs> and that's yeah. that, that's such a vibe. Um so if you haven't heard it, um you stupid not playing. Um but yeah, that, check it out. It's on SoundCloud. Oh. Um big shout out to KMB, that's my guy. Um Anything else before we go uh, to all the thousands of people that listen to this podcast or the 20 of them? Anything you want them to know? About? Oh, this is very important. I want everybody to talk about the one of the gigs they got coming up because we all booked and busy. Well, I mean, we, I mean, y'all. <laughs> um, so Sunday, I was gonna say this upcoming Sunday, me and Danny will be doing a Sunday special at Odd Fellows with Wave Runners. It'll be our second one. Um, so make sure y'all come out definitely more so. Sunday vibes, chill beats, instrumental. Pray the weather is good so we can actually do it on the patio this time. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, that's the the next thing coming up. Me? Yeah. I thought we was going to let our guests go first. Um, Oh, is there something else for? Well, I thought thought Calamari might want to say, like, something different. I didn't know she wanted to say something. Oh, um. I guess besides the Sunday special, uh, if you guys want to check out a house set, I'm playing the Bird Tunnel on uh, September 4th with like the head cleaner folks. I'm pretty sure Jay Rawls is also going to be playing as well. Shout out to Jay Rawls. Hey, you know, that's a wholesome person. I love him. He's so nice. He let, uh, we had an artist, um, an international artist come in, do a gig. Uh, do a set at this gig I had and he loaned her DJ his equipment and so that was actually the first time I ever met him <clears throat> in person when he mm-hmm. came and was just like hey can you make sure they don't mess my stuff up but he was super nice and really cool gave me some good advice so yeah you know um, if you if you network and you travel a lot a lot of DJs network with DJs in other cities so you don't have to bring your equipment with you so it happens more often than you think just not from the uh, certain DJs. That's all. Um, anyways, Alexis. <laughs> um, on August sixth, 
I'm doing the Uplift Her Women's Health Day. Okay. And I'm excited because I'm about to get my whole auntie life. Like, <laughs> I just get to play right. pure auntie vibes and get paid for it. So I'm excited for that. And of course, you know, women's health is very important as a, a close second. <laughs> <laughs> a close second to the auntie vibes. <laughs> close second um thursday i will be at the columbus museum of art uh for bam hopefully that'll be um outside in the garden but the weather hasn't been great so they might throw us in the atrium so that's thursday uh from six to eight and then saturday i just booked saturday so i gotta look at the flyer real quick just happened to time it's reposted that busy um, it's called Sipping Pretty. It is at Antiques on High, the rooftop. That'll be from one to four this Saturday, July 23rd, um, with Miss Ashley Alora Vince. I hope I'm saying that right, Ash. Um, I guess it's like a grown and sexy vibe. I don't know. I, I was telling my friend, like, I have grown clothes. I don't have sexy clothes. So I got to <laughs> find a way to incorporate. I have grown down packed. Sexy. Yeah, still working on that. <laughs> But yeah, I might have something on Sunday, but I don't know. My schedule's crazy. So, for the first time, I'm looking. I'm looking at my the, the the calendar. I don't have any gigs coming up because for the first time ever, I'm not DJing Orange Soda. Uh, but I do want to mention. I, I do want to mention <laughs> on August fifth, we're having Orange Soda. With the first all female lineup is going to be uh, Don't Fret and uh, Original Black Unicorn, uh, Pastel B, and from Cincinnati, uh, Queen Celine. She's coming up. So we're going to let them do their thing, you know, so I can, you know, sit back and get drunk like everybody else. I ain't got to worry about the equipment. <laughs> I can get drunk and pass out, leave early, like everybody else does. Nah, but um, I got a wedding coming up. Um, and I'm definitely going to pop out to as many events as I can for y'all because support so that's um, right support women djs yeah you know pay them equally pay them fair uh, put some security next to them too because you know, don't touch us hey don't touch them <laughs> this is not time to get you get your shit off to flirt none of that <laughs> they don't want to talk to you at all especially when they're working so and um, yeah. feel alive and real please stop touching us yeah, yeah. Or we're going to have another incident like we did last time. Okay, so. and that is where we need to end because the statute and. of limitations has not passed. I didn't break any laws. Come on, Esquire. Get him together. Get your boy together. He's going to embarrass us every time we have company. Nah, but um, Yeah, this has been fun. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing where you, you, you guys traje- trajectory. English my second language. Trajectory. Um, and seeing where you go because you seem very passionate and I appreciate that because some people just do it for the money or for the look. Um, but you guys are very passionate and creative and very into it and very supportive, uh, which is big because, like I said, you know, back in the day, it wasn't no support with nobody. It was everybody, from, uh, every man for themselves. But now, you know, it's better energy. Um, and I wish nothing but success for y'all. Uh, where, where can people find you on social media? Um, so you can find me at Sonic Blush with two C's. So on, on, on Big Crip? No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask. We're going to have to scrap this whole episode. What's happening here? <laughs> oh, uh, S-O-N-I-C-C-B-L-U-S-H. 
so yeah on instagram um on tiktok because i said i was gonna start posting on there too again so yeah yes on those two spaces i'm deep fat calamari (laughs) (laughs) all all across the board it's me (laughs) that's right okay well um alexis Aricio, don't forget you got anything no no all right well (laughs) that's been put it on record uh you know we're gonna try to do this thing more consistently um each and every week follow us make sure you tell your friends um and if you got any feedback uh leave it 